Thank you for listening to My Best Living Pod. We are currently accepting applications for advertisement and sponsorships. You can reach us at My Best Living Pod or My Best Living Pod at gmail.com. Thank you. Welcome to My Best Eleven podcast. Today we are joined by a music producer, writer, performer, who's worked with a number of groups, Happy Mondays, Sabian, Calvin Harris, Tikoi, just to name a few, and also um, played and worked with the M people as well, currently doing um, a lot of work producing music um, and writing with some of the biggest names in music today. But we are here to talk about his beloved Manchester City. Today we are joined by Mike Pickering. How are you, Mike? I'm really good, thank you. Just fresh back from Seville. Oh, happy boy. Very, very good start. Excellent. Marvin, Marvin. So Mike's on today. Um, here to talk about City. How did this how did this come about? This one? Fans well, love to know. Fans love to know, don't they? See, I don't like to go into too much of my personal life, but I did rub shoulders with a lot of like celebrities from the, the music side, say that, shall I say, when I was like back in the day. But no, um, Rob um, Stringer, who obviously um, is part of the big part of Sony, introduced myself to Mike. Mike used to come to the odd games when City weren't playing and was a, is and is still a close friend of Rob. And so he's like a mini, I don't think he'd admit it, but he's like a mini Luton Town fan in, at the back wow. of his heart. Is that right, Mike? Yeah, yeah, it's always, always like, that when I'm coming away from City's game, it's always the score I'm looking for. Yeah, and and you know if we're not playing, I'll, I'll be there. Um, well, I was intrigued by that because I, I when I was doing research, I saw your born in Accrington. So I mean, I, how, actually, okay, no. yeah, go on. That's Google for you. Someone keeps changing it. <laughs> I went on three or four, and it said Accrington. I went. I was born, on, uh, I was born a number in, of buyers. I was born in Central Manchester in a place called Alcrington, but it's they've spelled. Uh, so Burnley. That's what I was gonna. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm a man. <laughs> you're a man. So, how come Man City then? Because uh, you're not from Essex. It's a family thing, you know. My granddad. Yeah. Uh, all my family. We've always had season tickets at, at, at the at, well at Main Road and then the Etihad. I was taken to my first game when I was about five or six. I think it was. The Bert Troutman testimonial match, City v United, sat in a plat line. There was 63,000 people there. You know, in those days, testimonials were really big events. Uh, and they had to be, really, I suppose, because players didn't earn right. the weight that they do mm-hmm. now. So players used to leave and be, you know, news agents or publicans, most of, most of the ones I knew, or, or just, you know, didn't have any money. So, yeah. um, and Bert was, a, Bert, a, he was obviously... A, a legend and other circumstances were very famous, you know, with him being German at that time. And, and uh, the story is amazing, actually, because it was actually the, the 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 rabbi of Manchester and the rabbi, the Jewish community were quite involved in City at the time. Or they, they were they, they were they were all City supporters. It was it was them that um, persuaded the public, you know, into liking him. Because at first, obviously, he got booed, you know. Um, and because the Jewish community came out in support of him, <clears throat> he got taken on and, you know, he's a prisoner of war 
um, it's a fantastic story. And, and if anyone gets a chance, there's a great film that's just been made called The Keeper. Uh, it's a brilliant portrayal of it. Yeah. That sounds really interesting. Yeah, excellent. So, City Boy through and through, we're here to talk about the best players you have ever seen. So, we're going all the way from, like you just said then, um, eras we're doing, what's what's that, 60 years? 60 odd years? Well, it's like two eras, really, because, we, you know, um, when I was first started going, we, we, was, we, were, we were very much a yo-yo club between the first and second division, as it was. Um, and, you know... Nineteen fifty six was the time we the last time we won anything, and that's like when around when I was born. So, um, but then Joe Mercer and Malcolm Allison came, and we went. <clears throat> we won the second division, then we we won the league title, uh, FA Cup, League Cup, European Cup Winners Cup. You know, we won everything in in a very short period of time with Joe Mercer and Malcolm Allison, and that was a a fantastic team. That's when I started going to away matches, you know, and, and you know, getting a football special to all the games. So they're all my heroes, you know. And then uh, things started going <laughs> quite wrong. And then for 35 years, we had abject misery, you know. Uh, still a massively supported club, you know. I mean, I remember uh, Boxing Day, they got 40,000 sellout to watch us draw nil-nil with Port Vale. And we were like, fourth from the bottom of division two, you know, yeah. 40,000 people. So we went through all that. And then of course, um, Sheikh Mansour arrived. And uh, once Roberto Mancini took over that period, the last 10, 11, 12 years, have just been like dreamland. Really. <laughs> you know, it's the best players. Been all around. So you got, a, you got a real good. Um, well, there's a 35 year gap. <laughs> where, there, where there's only Georgie Kincladzi, potentially, everybody else is no deal. <laughs> but, yeah, but controversially, I think Georgie, and he's, he was a great guy, but I think he's slightly overrated. Ooh, you know? ooh okay. Yeah, he only had one. He had he, When he did something great, it was fantastic, yeah. but it was missing for a lot. He's perfect for the YouTube generation these days. Exactly. That's a good uh, description. Yeah. Excellent. So we're going to go into formation. And I know we spoke off air briefly. You've got a bit mm. of a problem here because of different, kind of just different eras um, yeah. of how they played. So what formation have you gone for? Because we're forcing you into one. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, the fullbacks, I think you can keep, you know, the same. You know, even though we always say, you know, nowadays, I mean, in, in the modern era, the fullbacks are like wingers, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, some of them, you know, as we saw last night at Liverpool, can't defend. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, he's having a mare this season. He's having an absolute mare. He's not a defender. He's a brilliant uh, winger, I think. But, yeah, I agree. Um, but um, so I've got the two fullbacks and... Um, I think I can do. I think I can do the modern day and incorporate the players. So, like a four-three-three. Four-three-three. Really. Okay. Four, three, three. okay. So we'll jump straight in with goalkeeper. Over to you. Right. If you want to give us some clues as we go through, so the listeners can um, try well, and guess. Well, Did he play for England? Did he play for England? Uh, well, I've got a choice of two, really. Oh, okay. One of them played for England. Brief. I think only played a couple of times. So. From the old team, I mean, Joe Corrigan yeah. was a great, great, great goalkeeper. Yeah. He's a great goalkeeper um, and a great player for City. But I, I don't think we can go past, for me, the goalkeeper's got to be Edison because 
he's he's not only a great shot saver, but he's 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 better than most of the outfield players we had in that thirty five years of misery in between these two eras. I mean, he could play outfield. I mean, he's you reckon it'd be him and Sean Goater up front? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the goal. Um, listen, it, it, you know, I mean, his accuracy is is unnerving. I mean, it, I've seen him. Especially with Haaland now the other night, he got the ball from, um, it was either a cross or a corner, I think it was a cross, and straight away Haaland just shot down the, the field and he almost pinpointed it 75 yards to his feet. Oh. And that's gonna, you're going to see that this season again and again, I think. He's just, he's, he, he adds, an, he's better ball player than a lot of centre-halves, so. so I'd have to go <laughs> And it's interesting because well, him I wasn't, and, I wasn't having a dig at you there, Matt, Mark. You know, I, I was gonna say it's interesting because him and kind of Allison have really bucked the Brazilian yeah. goalkeeper theory that a lot of English had that Brazilians yeah. can't defend and they got awful goalies. It's kind of skewed that now because the two best keepers, arguably, are Brazilian. Well, they are, yeah, definitely. Um, and and the English goalkeepers, they're, they're okay, but none of them can distribute very well, can they? You know. Pickford, Pickford's not bad. I've seen Pickford. No, and with with his feet, he's not bad with his feet. I've seen him close up. He's not bad with his feet at all, but he's not on the level of Allison and the the bloke. The keeper at at Arsenal could become really good because Ramsdale. Yeah, Ramsdale, Um, but. But you're right, they're not in that Brazilian league, so they must have been trained like this. I know that uh, Edison did play outfield. Interesting. Yeah. So we're going to go now to right back, left back. Which one do you want to go, Mike? You can give us some clues, Mike. We could we could have got Edison. We, we would have got him if you could have given us some clues. Give us a couple of clues him. for your one year. Yeah. All right, well, my choice. Okay, my choice. Signed for Man City when he was 32 years old. He was a bricklayer from Plymouth. And he went on to be footballer of the year and one of the best right backs I've ever seen. El Capitan? No. Was he not Who's captain? Captain? Oh yeah, he was captain, yeah. So yeah. Yes. Um and Tony. Uh, was, huh? Tony. Tony Book. Tony Book. Yeah, yes. see, 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 Mike. We're not bad to see what we're doing. I mean, he got he got pushed quite hard by um Pablo Zabaleta, but yeah, I was gonna say that's the other one I was thinking of. But you couldn't see Zabaleta laying bricks. No, no. I mean, he's such a great man as well. I mean, he's a, he works at the club now, you know, most of the old players do. And, and he's so loved, you know. Yeah. Uh, so you said he was a bricklayer until he was 32. He, he was signed at 32 out from, I think he was playing for Plymouth Argyle, but he was on part-time terms and he was a bricklayer. Wow. And, uh, and it was Malcolm, Malcolm Allison that saw him. And he arrived and he was, you know, he didn't really look that much like him. He was quite rangy and stuff. He was the best tackler and the best crosser of a ball, you know, that I've ever seen. He did the best slide, side, slide tackle. And he was just, he was just a brilliant. I never saw Tony Butt make a mistake or have a bad game. Never, never. He was, and he was the ultimate captain um, and a really nice guy as well with it. I mean, to come in at 32, why was he captain? What, What made him... Captain. I mean, he had some gun players in that team. Absolute great yeah. players in that team. Yeah. I suppose it's just his leadership qualities, I think. He was such a loved guy. And um, when when I've spoken to some of the players who played for him, they're like, well, when they all call him Skip, they still call him Skip. 
when Skip spoke, you listened because he didn't speak that much. He'd only say things like if he really meant him, you know, so there was no bullshit bull with him. It was just, yeah, apparently he was great in the dressing room and he was an inspired leader, really. Excellent. Excellent. So left back, let's keep going. Left back. Right. Well, that's, it's a difficult one, left back, because we've not had a lot of good ones <laughs> in the modern era. Pep has a real blind, th- blind side with left backs, although they played a young kid that they signed from Spain the other night who looks as if he could be all right. But, you know, we have Cancelo playing left back, who's, who's a right back a lot of the time. So I've, I've gone back again a long time. And, and for Tony Buck's um, um, partner, Glyn Pardo, it was also an amazing player, you know, uh, consistent, great going forward. When they had P- Book and Pardo, you know, and and you, you had really good wingers in front of them, it, it, it was pretty frightening down the wings, you know. Glyn Pardo is the only City player and, and one of the only players, to be honest, that I've seen have George Best, you know, make George Best have a really quiet game in Derby game. And unfortunately, it was... Best who ended his career, you know, accidentally. You know, oh, was it what happened? Well, it was a, it was a derby at Old Trafford, um, and he he slid. They both, you know, and they both slide slide mm. in together. They broke his leg really, really badly. Apparently, <laughs> he thought he might, you know, if he hadn't got him to hospital quicker, he might have lost his leg. Apparently, so he never played again. But he made a lot of appearances by then. And funny enough, it's uh, his grandson is now. Um, Tommy Doyle, who plays for City, and he's now he's actually on loan at Sheffield United at the moment. But he's a, a young City startler that you know tipping for big things. Excellent, excellent. Right, nice Stato as well, isn't he? Look, he knows it. He knows grandsons. He knows he's nephews. He knows his two granddads. Well, his his other his other grandfather uh, is uh, in my team, so I won't say who his other grandfather is. <laughs> grandson, you mean grandson? No, grandfather. Uh, Tommy Doyle is his grandson. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Wow. Right. Talk about c- city royalty. You know what I mean. Is there such a thing? Um, do you guys still, even though obviously you got all the money in the world, is there still that love of fans seeing one of their own? I think totally. Yeah. Um, the pleasure we've got, we've got, we've we've had with so far with Phil Foden is, you know, he's just we love him, love him, and you know we were constantly hearing the media who really get on. I don't know about other supporters of other teams, but they drive you mad because they're so, you know, they're so ill-informed, you know, going, oh, you should go out on loan, you're ruining that player, he's warming the bench. You think he's training every day with David Silva and, you know, all these absolute... Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah. Kevin De Bruyne, I'm sorry. Shut up. You know, and by the time <laughs> he was 18, 19, he played about 100 first-team games. And But um, to watch him... Uh, come through the ranks because we always had a good youth system, you know, players like that are all over the Premier League, you know, like, well, in the past, um, Sean Wright Phillips, Joe, Joey Barton, then you, now you've got Kieran Trippier, Ben Mee, all these like players who are all over the Premier League have come through our academy. And uh, I think a lot of people misunderstand academies. They think, well, they're not in the City team. You're like, yeah, but... They're going into Premier League teams, you know what I mean? Right. So what's wrong with that? You know, it's like a you got to have some education for, for players and, and, and coach. So, yeah, we love it. And at the moment, 
at the academy when when Sheikh Mansour came in, I think they spent two hundred and fifty million on. So it's incredible. Each pitch, uh, you know, through the ages looks so you can see the next pitch. I had a, a tour around it. It's incredible. And then finally, the EDS stadium, you look over a bridge into the Etihad. So it's that continuation of a career all the way through it. It's amazing. Um, and, you know, and they educate the kids when they're there from a very early age. They have, a, you know, schools and stuff for them. And it's brilliant. And now we're just beginning to get it. Like the bench the other night was Carl Palmer, who, who's now He's good lad. Yeah. Really good. We've got uh, Mbete, the centre-half, who's great. And all Manchester lads, we've got James McAtee. He's just, he he's going to be a star. He's just on gone on loan at Sheffield United with, with Tommy Doyle, who I mentioned. Um, yeah, we're just beginning to see this. Um, we, uh, Rico Williams has now played three games this, this year already. He's 17. I mean, I saw him the other night warming up in front of me. I was like, oh my God, he looks about 12. You know what I mean? But a great young player, you know. Excellent. So, so- so you got some good blood coming through. Yeah. The fans love it. I think we love it. Yeah, we love it yeah. as much. Spending, you know, I don't think fans care if you, if, if you know. I think a lot of people like Sky that that and those kind of football pundit things. They're obsessed with any problem. You spend money to get rid of it, you know. And if a team, a team, a team fans are getting that way. If a team don't spend hundred million, they're like, we, you know, sack the board. You like. You might have players of your own, you know. <laughs> Doesn't work like that. You've got to get a team. So yeah, really happy that they're all coming through. Oh, interesting. Great. Interesting. So move on to centre backs. Yeah, I've got two uh, centre backs, and and the first one for us is you know where he's got a statue outside the Etihad, you know, and uh, I think he was the he was signed before Shape Monster, just before Shape Monster, um, and. Uh, he's now come back into management in Britain, and I think he's, he's surely earmarked to be a, our manager at some point. And post, you think? yeah, well, it depends how he does now, but he's, he's had a really good start to his managerial career here. Did he do all right? Uh, I handle it, I never really kept a close eye on him. Yeah, they did all right, they didn't do fantastic, but uh, I think it's a learning thing. But I don't know if you've seen any of the city documentaries. The, they're doing one on Arsenal. I'd call all that, all that, all or nothing. They're on Amazon. Yeah. Um, his dressing room pre-match speeches, you know, before big games were like something to behold. And I mean, I know him. I've met him quite a lot, and and he's got just got that presence. You know what I mean? Where you like you listen to him, and uh, yeah, I, I think he, he'll be a, few, a future manager. You know, Vincent definitely. Company. We're talking about for those just to make sure. <laughs> Those are not sure if they know who it is. Um, has he got Bellamy with him as well at, at Burnley yeah. or not? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He took yeah. him with him. Yeah. He um, he's got Bellamy. He, he he signed immediately a few of our academy players, uh, and I I watched them play um, Huddersfield on Sky the other week on the Friday night, and I mean, in in such a short time, he's completely transformed the whole culture of Burnley. I mean, they were never the most pretty team to watch under Sean Dyche, uh, but they were effective. Yeah. Uh, but, wow, they were, you know, they were passing the ball about. It was all the triangles. They were getting the full-backs forward. And it was really a joy to watch, you know. It'd so, be interesting 
if because I mean Sean had to do it because also he's in the Premier League and it was a results industry. They're now playing against lesser teams in the Championship, so mm. it'll be interesting how they go because mm. because they're expected to go up, which and they do you know what I mean. So I think it's going to be interesting, particularly come winter as well. Can well, they, they keep doing this football? Because they'll have the parachute payment too, won't they? Yeah, you know, so. as a Luton fan, don't get us started. <laughs> yeah, um, awesome. So I next, mean, to I mean, I mean if you look at Luton, Zach, going back to Luton, there, I mean, that is an interesting point because you know, I think uh, Rob's always giving me stats, right, <laughs> And I think in in this year, so if you take it year, not season, Luton are one of the top two or three teams, aren't they, in performance? And their outlay is one of the one of the you know smallest outlays there is. Yeah, yeah. So I think what, last season we were twenty, we were fourth lowest salary. Yeah, I mean what Nathan's doing is amazing, you know. But the only problem is you, you kind of with that style of play, you get a bit of a burnout if you've not got a big squad, don't you? That's the problem we've got to watch. Yes, and I think we're having the same situation, a little bit like what Liverpool have got. Yeah, where burnout, um, so many games, oh. such as so few number of players. Also, I mean, look, I, I don't want to write them off yet. I still think they've got great players, but. They seem to have spent heavy on the forward line when they're crying out for a really good midfield player to me. And they've not addressed that. Yeah, so since Thiago's gone. Yeah, James Milner's old. Uh, Henderson's, you know, wear and tear on him. He's injured a lot. Thiago, he's 31 and he's played and had a lot of injuries. You know, so, yeah, he's trying to blood young players, which is great. But, yeah, they, I, I think they should have invested there. And maybe defense. We'll see. Well... We'll get on to the next centre-back because mm-hmm. I have a sneaky suspicion it could be the granddad. Yes. Ah, <laughs> yes. And the granddad a... or grandson? No, the granddad. Yes, yes, granddad. Yes, That's right. Yes. So Mike Doyle. You're right. Mike yes. Doyle, yeah. He's the hardest man I've ever seen play football. Absolutely. Seriously. Oh. And and he, he endeared himself immediately to City fans because he was interviewed at pre Derby game. He just they said something about it. He went, I don't talk about United. I hate United. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> he was our God, you know. But I've seen him. I mean, he was he was a fantastic player. Great header of the ball. Great tackler. Also an organiser. It, it was weird, like we were talking about Tony Buck being the captain. Because on the field, you'd have thought Doyle was the captain. You know, he was the one. Come on, up or, you know, shouting right. at everyone. I remember playing... Uh, who would it have been? Frank, it was Frank Worthington, so it was either Huddersfield or Bolton. And and Frank was, you know, niggling him and he was marking him. And uh, of course, it was days before you had cameras and stuff. And he, he was he was going, yeah, yeah, and just as if to say, I'm not, I don't want to get involved with you. And as soon as the referee turned and walked around, he stuck the knot on him so hard. <laughs> Frank <laughs> collapsed. He was out. And everyone turned around. He was like, what's happening? <laughs> you know, yeah, you didn't mess with Mike Doyle. It's quite weird when you think about it. nowadays. You know, you'd have forty cameras trained on him. In those days, it was like, oh, no one's looking. Bang, you know. Frank uh, behaved himself after that when they dusted him off. I was going to say because you speak to a lot of these players, so you must have spoke to Doyle. Who do you say was the toughest he played against him? If he was that type of, or was everybody going into their shell a little bit? Yeah, you know, I never met Mike Doyle. He he, he didn't. Um, okay. He was, it's quite sad. He, 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 all the players work at City. It's a great club like that. It's very um, community based for a start, you know. And it's um, 
it's the local club really even though we're now got we have got a certain element of tourists <laughs> coming to see us um a lot of norwegians at the moment but um uh no and and you know he, he he died. He died of alcohol. He, he drank a lot. I think it was a sad story, Mike Doyle. Once I don't think he can kind of handle leaving football very well. You know, some players. Do. Oh, sad, sad, very yeah. sad, very sad. Very sad. Um, so haircut. He looked dead stylish. <laughs> he looked. He, he looked dead stylish as well. Had a great haircut, which mattered to us supporters at that age. Um, I'm going to just just talk about. Um, I'm just going to put you on the spot for a second. Uh, so you remember the 67, 68 um, winning team, obviously yeah. the title winning team, um, the way they did it, mm-hmm. uh, quite tough going right to the, right to the end. Which you one, which one put your heart in your mouth, that or the Aguero one? Well, I was a lot younger then. I was actually at the Newcastle three city four game. So I've only got like my dad took me and, uh, and my uncle, Jared and my granddad. And, um, uh, I don't Which remember. Which one got the going? Which one got the ticker going? Oh, the Sergio. Okay. Because you were sat there after 35 years and it sums football up really, doesn't it? I, I was, I remember just sat bang, going like that with my head in between my legs going, how can you mess this up? How can you <laughs> Against, you with the greatest like, respect against QPR. Oh, this is just so city. And all we wanted was for the, you know, United had that banner that went year after year in the Stretford end, you know, 33 years, 34 years, 35 years. Like a, it was like a counting clock. And, we, and I, all I could think of was them winning up at Sunderland. And then, and then they took the corner and people were kicking the chairs and, you know, and like, just, oh, going absolutely rage with frustration and then Jekko scored two all and we were like I don't know you just felt a little summer because under Mancini we had been fighting back quite a lot and uh, I remember it vividly I remember um, the young Nigel De Jong got the ball and then he ran forward a little bit played it to Balata and Mario half fell over and kicked it to the side oh I mean I, I don't remember the next two minutes well, the bloke who sits in front of me said that I was just letting out this high-pitched squeal. <laughs> it was like, it, 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 I still can't imagine the moment, you know. That's football, isn't it? That, that's yeah. what makes it the best thing there is. From absolute agony to ecstasy within two. You know, we had a little bit of a replay of it this, this season, you know. 2-0 down to Villa on the last day of the season. But it's different now because as soon as Gundogan scored to make it 2-1 with City, the way we play and the way that we go up to the 95th, 96th minute, I was like, aye, 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 aye here we go. You know, and we kind of knew then. But the Aguero one was just, oh, it was magnificent. And you think it was the weight? It was the years and years and years. Yeah, it was that, the that's weight. what, it was almost the release, the... Yeah, it was 35 or 36, 35 years, I think. It was just the weight. And we'd put ourselves in this position with a fantastic run. And then it would seem to all just be falling apart right at the last minute. And, um, you know, we still, as much as we love watching Sergio score that goal and, and, and everything that goes, the footage, because I taped it when I got home, 
about two days later from us, the footage of Ferguson and Rooney and, uh, and Phil Jones and all them um, stood on the touchline, especially Ferguson after what he'd had to say about us, you know, noisy neighbours, they'll never do anything. It shows they've got no class trying to buy Rubinho, all this kind of rubbish, you know what I mean? To see his face made, it's met, I just, I probably will never get a better moment in my football life than to watch him like that. Come on, get off the field, get off the field, you're like, yeah. Mike, I don't know if that would actually happen again now, that, like that scenario, because there's so many goals now which are yeah. like on hold. Is it a goal? Is it not a goal? Do you know what I mean? It, it's killed it. it I think it, it, it's literally killed the game now where supporters probably say, do we celebrate or do we wait for VAR? I mean, yeah. it's, they're going to VAR because they actually wait now until they I, actually uh, play pitches. And especially if you're in the stadium, uh, Look, I don't think this. I don't think VAR itself is a bad idea, but you can't put these numpties in charge of it who are in charge of it. I mean, I, I'm sorry, they're bad enough as referees. They shouldn't have those referees looking after their mates in Stockley Park. It's not going to work. I mean, last weekend was an absolute joke, and you know the standard of refereeing has really dropped. And then they'll put someone. You know what was he called? The guy. John Moss and people like that, they, I wouldn't let them near my telly in this living room, let alone, you know, a VAR monitor. <laughs> Useless. Get an ex-pro on there. Yeah. Get, get you know, get a different three or four people sat there, a little committee, so they can go. They would have never disallowed that goal of West Ham's. Never. Pro would have never disallowed that goal. You know, it's just all wrong. It's just very much. Have I gone very dark? You are a little bit dark now, but what we're going to do is... I'll tell you why, because in English weather, we've got um, a thunderstorm outside. Well, we're going to pause it anyway. We're going to pause for a quick break. And when we come back for the second part, we will hear the rest of Mike Pickering's My Best Eleven. Welcome back to the second part of my Best Eleven podcast with Mike Pickering. So far, we have Edison, Tony Book, Glyn Pardo, Vincent Company, and Mike Doyle. We're going to go 4-3-3, but before we go on to that, we'll have Miles Quickfire 60 seconds. Over to you, Marvin. Okay, Mike, let's go. Golden goal or penalty shootout? Penalty shootout. Favourite other sport? Cycling. Ooh. Love cycling. Hello. Pele or Maradona? Ooh, that's really tough. I would say Pele. Longer career. Okay. Fish and chips, pie and chips or pasta? Uh, I'm from the north. Pie and chips. All right, then. Buy or buying. Beer, wine or spirit? Wine. Best stadium you've been to? Well, I would have said the Alliance, but it... Breaks my heart to say, possibly Tottenham Hotspur, the new one. Ooh, wow. Okay. Bundesliga, La Liga, or Syria for quality? Bundesliga. Favourite holiday destination? Jamaica. Without a doubt. Okay. If oh, Also, Jamaica and Argentina are the two best places. All right. If, I mean, I don't know if you could answer this. If it... What other team would you support if it wasn't City? Luton Town. Okay. Um, one more, Marvin. One more. 
we think we know this one anyway. VAR or no VAR? I think VAR, but not run by the people it's run by now. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. So we're going to push on with your best 11. We got three midfielders and three attacking kind of. I'm unsure how you're going to go with this one. Um, A holding, one holding, two attacking or what you're doing. But I'll let you go for it. Okay, I'm going to go for a, for a holding midfielder, which is a very modern thing, isn't it? So, yeah. you know, uh, Paul McAlealy started it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, there's been a couple. Uh, Nigel De Jong was amazing, um, really great player. But um, but to be honest, I think the the best one ever. Let us guess. Let us guess. Let me get, give us clues. Um, is probably one of the, the greatest players to come out of Africa. And uh, <clears throat> once he got on a run and he got the ball at his feet, the thing with him, he could hold and he could go forward. And if he went forward, forget it, you're not going to tackle him. He'll just bounce, you'll bounce off him. He was fast. He was the best penalty taker I've ever seen. Never missed a penalty. He scored so many crucial goals for City. Um, have you guessed? Yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah. I, I love him. Yeah, I love yeah. him. Go on, Mark. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think he's a sensational player. Yeah. And considering he came to you and did more than what he even did at Barca. Yeah, he, 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 wasn't, he wasn't that appreciated there, was he? It was kind of weird. No. no, it was weird. When he came, we were like, oh, right, okay. That's, that seems, he seems an amazing player. But, I mean, you know, he was, I've never seen I have a bad game. You know, never. And once he got the ball, um, I remember on 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 not not the Aguero year, the next time we won the league and we had to beat Villa at home and West Ham at home. And on the it was a really wet Wednesday night, the Villa game, and we were struggling, you know. And he got the ball at the edge of our penalty area and just went on a run. <laughs> Players were literally just bouncing off him. And he never just finished by rolling it in the net. He used to break the net, you know. Yeah. He was, and 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 also, the moment that changed Man City's uh, quest for trophies and everything was when we beat United at Wembley in uh, the FA Cup under Roberto Mancini, and he scored that great goal there, and, and that was the that was the moment the floodgates opened. We went on, we beat Stoke City, and and, and that was actually the the first trophy. Then yes. we won. The, the league with Aguero. So, yeah, 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 all day long. I mean, Rodri's a great player that we've got now, but yeah, yeah, he's the king. Excellent. And you're not looking at... So you mentioned so far a lot from the Cup Winners' Cup team, but not... And the kind of the modern era. Um, not to preempt, but is there any... Is there many players in that middle gap that were even sniffing around the team? There may be some in there, but I've got suspicion there isn't. No, there's only one. There's one player that I. There, there are a couple of players. I mean, Paul Walsh was amazing for us. He played a, and Brian Horton. Um, there's the Luton connection, isn't it? So yeah. Brian Horton. And I remember when he got the job, the, all the papers, local papers, are Brian who, and he he put together an, a really great attacking. Uh, they were a joy to watch. He had Peter Beagley on one wing. He had Walshy. Um, Niall Quinn, uh, it, that was a great team. Then a bit later, under Kevin Keegan, we had quite a good team yeah. uh, when we were 
coming up. That was under the, the tie. Was that the tie owners? Just before Frank Shinoatra. Oh, okay. Yes. We called him Frank Shinoatra because um, <clears throat> when he took over, we should have seen smelt the rats, to be honest, at the time. But he put a stage in Albert Square. This is no word of a lie, right? He put a square, uh, stage up in Albert Square for a celebration of his arrival and he sang My Way right to the crowds mm-hmm. and he was called taxing Shinawatra so they all always called him Frank Frank Shinawatra and <laughs> and uh, of course as soon as he took over he was on the run all the time from the Thai authorities and all this I think he's still in, he's still at, um, at large now he's in Dubai yeah him, him and Sven must have been a <laughs> oh wow a perfect <laughs> oh wow yeah I mean you forget uh, Ericsson was in charge there as well didn't you yeah, Gary Cook, who was the, the CEO, um, there was a great guy. He told some stories to us. He said, you know, we we, we couldn't even get the, the training drink. I don't know what it's called, Gatorade. We couldn't even yeah. get that. We had no credit left. We had no money. But the one thing about Shinoatra is he he found, he he, he brokered the deal with, with uh, Sheikh Mansur. So, we, you know, you can't forget that. But, but, yeah, it was a mad time. That was a mad time. We had no money. <laughs> But yes. we moved to this fabulous new stadium, you know what I mean? Uh, and uh, So Robinho maybe be in there? The, the one other player that I, I absolutely loved and I had a pleasure of meeting him a few weeks ago at a City game was Ali Benabi, <clears throat> who um, was a French-Algerian, superb yes. little player, and he played for PSG and a few other play, uh, teams. And apparently he was on his way up to uh, Reading... Um, Keegan's autobiography. He was on. He was driving up Sunderland, south of Sunderland, and uh, Kevin Keegan saw a video of him. Someone showed him a video, and he, they called him in the car and went, "How far have you got?" He went. They said, "We're at Birmingham." He said, "We'll turn off at Manchester and uh, come here." And, and and that was on the Thursday, and he played on the Saturday against Birmingham at home. They signed him and got the, everything done. And uh, I was just sat there going, "Oh my God, this this guy's amazing." You know what I mean? He was brilliant. They had him and Ail Berkovic in midfield. And um, they were that was mad that season. It was in the second of it, you know, in the, well, what's now Division One, but they scored over 100 goals, got, got 100 points. It was superb to watch. Go to centre forward, you know, they were great. Yeah, now you, you must have played against them, Marv, didn't you, that team? Yeah. I did. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I remember being, I remember watching that game. Was it 2 2, I think? Luton drew 2 2, 1 1 with them. Got, I mean, yeah, my memory's pretty pretty good, but it's not that good. I can't remember that where I am. As I mean, every... can you remember City whenever you went to City? What Stuart they Pierce, like, Stuart Pierce uh, played, didn't he? Stuart Pierce was left back. I mean, the, the time, Mike, when I, I remember playing against them, they were like, had the likes of David White on the wing, yeah. um, Redmond Brothers, um, Paul Lake, um, Walshy. Um, I mean, Andy Hinchcliffe played at yeah, and Hinchcliffe, yeah. I mean, they were I mean, you know, I'm glad you mentioned Paul Lake because he, he, you know, he was destined to be in my <gasps> ultimate, you know, top, top eleven. A, but, but you know, that was a tragic story, really. Yeah, it was. Football was him. You know, I mean, uh, Joe Lake, his his wife, who's a writer, and and Paul was working at Cities. Now he works elsewhere. I think. I think he. He works for some footballing body now, but um, City ruined his career. You know, I mean, he had that injury, and they sent him to America to have the operation, and they flew him back economy after the operation, so he couldn't move his leg. 
and it was all cramped up. Yeah, they still, you know, they're still very bitter about, they, you know, it's nothing to do with the people who are at City now. It's Peter Swales and all them, but they had no aftercare. They just didn't care for the players. You know, he was a terrible man, Peter Swales. And um, was destined mod- to be probably one of, one of, the, the, yeah. one of the top, top. Yeah, and in the modern day, he, he would have probably gone to that doctor in Barcelona or wherever, and, you know, they would have sorted him out, wouldn't they? But, yeah. he, you know, he was an incredible footballer. Yeah, it's a shame. shame. Ah, Interesting. We're going to move from Yaya to some attacking players, I get the feeling of. Yeah. I get the feeling you're going to win (laughs) 5-4, Well, my two other other midfield players, and it's difficult because I've had to leave out Almagu, David Silva, who, uh, you know, fantastic. Has he got a statue yet? He's just got one, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Aguero, company, Silva. I've got to say, though, it's hard to tell who they are. <laughs> they've not done, like, you know, bronze-like lifestyle. They've, they've got an artist to do it, so it's they're kind of quite weird, little abstracts. Have you ever seen that um, comedy one that James Corden did with David Beckham? Yeah. That Late Late that, Show thing. Watch that. It, I imagine it to be very similar to that. It was horrendous, wasn't it, Marv? Is that one of his, that one of his arms? With his arms yeah, but he's an artist, and he just looks really thin. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. Have you seen? Well, they did. They unveiled one in uh, Madeira, I think it is in Portugal for Ronaldo. Oh, yes, yes. And it looks nothing like him. It's like the worst thing you've ever seen. <laughs> but my first, uh, my first uh, choice is is a current player, and he's, I think, in his position, the best in the world. Um, the assist king. Um, he's just the most silky. I mean, he's passing. I don't. I, I've never seen anyone pass the ball with such accuracy. Uh, and any, and it's not just one kind of pass he has. It's everything. I mean, mm. you know. And at the moment, the the uh, I, I just watched the commentary of the goals from on City TV from um, Seville last night, and uh, the commentator Alistair Mann, when when for Haaland's first goal, he said, "This guy to Haaland, it, that's becoming." A cliche, <laughs> yeah. and uh, Kevin De Bruyne. I mean, he's just yeah, unbelievable, unbelievable player. And um, to think that when, because I saw a newspaper article the other day when you signed him, and the back page of the oh, press were things like Chelsea rejects and stuff like that, wasn't it? It had fifty-four million pound rejects, and then yeah, those numbers on um, soccer Saturday with Jeff Stelling. There was Phil Thompson. And uh, who should never be allowed on the streets, let alone a, a studio. And um, and I'm glad you got the sack, Phil. And um, Paul Merson, who is a nicer guy, man. But they were going on and on and on about it. We we put it up every year on the anniversary of us signing and just going. I mean, they're like, has the world gone mad? I mean, who is he? He's rubbish. I mean, he's not done anything. You know, just going oh, on. And like, I remember Jeff Stelling going. Well, maybe you better see how it goes on. <laughs> yeah. But he, yeah, I mean, he's just superb. You can't judge. I mean, it's weird, isn't it? Chelsea let go of Salah, De Bruyne. I know. Yeah. They let go of a few, didn't they? But that was Mourinho. Lukaku. Yeah, they just had to go somewhere else. Yeah, Lukaku. They just had to go to Roma or, in their yeah. case, didn't De Bruyne go Wolfsburg, was it? Wolfsburg, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was great. Yeah. So they just have to go somewhere and be loved. And then yeah. they come back and kick on. Um, interesting to ask a question about De Bruyne. You're talking about him um, and the way that City play with Haaland. 
there's quite a few conversations I'm hearing. I know skeptical about the media, but I can kind of see where they're coming from. Are they changing the the Pep Guardiola style of small passes, tick attacker foot, not tick attacker, but that's Barcelona. But you know what I mean. Are they changing it with the way Haaland is I, and the I, I size, don't... pace, strength? I think strength. the only change, the only change is the final ball. Uh, from what I can see so far, uh, it's still triangles and and possession and holding the ball, but his his awareness to be where the balls to where they're going to put the ball is 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 quite incredible. And and last season, even though we we won the league and we were scoring loads of goals, those same passes were going in, but invariably there wasn't anyone there. Jesus. I, I think he's a great player, Chase. I really love him, but he's not centre forward. He's not a striker. No way. He never gets. He's not like, say, for Arsenal, Ian Wright was, where if you put a ball somewhere, he's just going to know where that ball's going to go and he's, he's going to be there. He might be a tapping. I mean, look at, you know, Haaland's goal so far. There's not been a spectacular goal. He's just been on the end of everything. And the Bills. Also- go on, Mike. No, I was going to say Bills- also. I've- go on, mate. I you- feel I've- I feel that, I mean, Pep's. Pep's Pep, and I mean, he's, he's, he's won leagues everywhere where he's gone. It's not rocket science. The, the guy's scored goals. So, I mean, Pep's just simplified it and just looked at him, not looked at, well, will he fit into our way we play? He scores goals, and that's what we need. So I, know, he's just, I know that they're really impressed uh, at City, because I spoke to people when I went to the game last week about his attitude. They're like, he's so humble, and he's, he's walked in, and he is like, and one of the football's new superstars, you know, and uh, they say he just wants to learn all the time. He's just dead humble and, you know, really fit in. But what he has got that a lot of people don't talk about, and I saw it the other night, because we were quite quite, uh, near the pitch in Seville, and he got tackled not far outside City's box, and he immediately sprung up. He doesn't roll about like a lot of players. He sprung up because we've got possession. And I have never seen anything move as fast. We all were, we were all like, look at that. And at that level, he was, and it's when he scored uh, his second goal. Uh, it got up there, uh, Foden hit a shot, goalkeeper parried it, and he was there, bang. I've never seen anyone move that quickly. Also, from a stop start, that's his other thing. Uh, so, no, I don't, I don't think they have changed. No, I don't think they have. I just think it's like the final part of the jigsaw, really. Yeah, yeah. I, I think... If, if he stays fit, which, you know, he looks a fit bloke. Um, I think it's frightening. I think 50, yeah. 60. Oh, I think it's frightening. What Minimum. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, can I just ask you before you go on to midfield, because I know we, I just, I know you've got to shoot off in a minute, but um, I've just got one more major question I want to ask you is, um, you've spoken about the, uh, oh, sorry, you've spoken a lot about 72 league strikers, things like that. And I'm assuming he's not going to be in the team, but Rodney Marsh. He held his hands up and said that he caused City to lose the 72, yeah. 72? Yeah, 72 league. 72, 71, 72 yeah. league. What's your, what are your thoughts on that comment? I mean, um, do you agree well, with it? Or because I mean he said it. So I mean agree I love surely him. he's not. I, I, I really loved Rodney Marsh. I loved that flamboyant type of player. But when he arrived, he was I, I can't remember what whether he wasn't playing for QPR or or what happened, but I remember his first game at home and we were like, he's knackered. You know, he was, he really wasn't fit and he was slightly overweight. So 
in the modern day, they would have like had him on the bench and got him fit and then brought him on to play. But in those days, Peter Swales had just paid 200 grand and he's like, he's playing, you know what I mean? And um, I, I think Rodney's right. I think, I think it destabilised the team. And I think Francis Lee and, and some of the other players, I know Colin Bell and they, they were consummate professionals that they weren't having a guy juggling the ball and, you know, messing about with it. And, and there was a bit of that went on, although he did score some great goals, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. 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 I think he did. I think he was right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's always interesting. Uh, and it's quite nice to hear players say that as well, I suppose. But that's where things have gone. That was 50 years ago. Um, so we're going to move on to your other midfielder next to De Bruyne and Yaya. Oh, well, uh, funny enough, the shirts this year, which I really love, the City shirts, have the King written in it here and the number eight. And uh, yeah, I think he was the greatest player. I think for City, we even got a stand named after him, and we call and he was called. Uh, I remember he was nicknamed Majinski at the time, after the racehorse because yeah, it, he was the first player really, and probably one of the only players from that era for City anyway, at least who could have walked into any Premier League team today, you know, and wouldn't have been out of place in in the in the modern day of football. And and, the, and you know the running and everything, he he, he brought to that also amazing skill and uh, yeah, I mean he's just he was the greatest. Marvin, on, Andrew, Andrew, no, nah, so you go for it, Marv. I don't know who it is. <laughs> Colin oh, yeah, I was going to think, is it Colin? But I, didn't, I weren't sure if he was that. When you said about skill, like, I'm not. I mean, going back that era. I mean, I, I knew Bell was going to be in there, but I didn't know. I didn't know they called the names was. after him as well. I wasn't sure Correct. about what Etihad's named after the stand. So, no, no, uh, the, the main stand is the Colin Bell stand. They were going to call it, they were, they were going to have behind the goal, but they couldn't have the Bell end. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> I'm, hey, I'm, I'm, see, I'm, I'm showing my age now, right? See, I mean, I, I've heard of Colin, but was he at Everton as well or not? No, he, 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 was, at, he was at Berry. Right. Uh, we signed him for six, sixty thousand. Uh, if you would have said, if see, if you would have said someone like, I've seen Stan Bowles. Stan Bowles had skill. I've never seen him, but Colin. But I didn't see any footage. Well, of Stan really. Bowles left City early. He left City right, early. Right. Okay. Stan you, Bowles, I knew. Yeah. Or even Summerby. Yeah. But Bell, Colin Bell, he was the greatest, greatest player. You know. Right. So uh, still, you reckon he's? Your, I was going to ask that about another one who had De Bruyne and Silva. Yeah, I think I think Colin was above them all. No. Uh, maybe you know equal with Kevin De Bruyne, but uh, yeah, he he was a very very special player, and and also I think he's the only one of those old players who would fit into the modern game, and I think that's that's quite important. You know, he he was also I mean he died last year, but um, he uh, I spoke to him at the games. He was a very pat. He, so it was a strange guy, Colin. You know, you couldn't joke with him or anything. He just, but I, I did say to him, I said, "You fancy yourself on here, don't you, Colin?" He went, "I could play with this, I guess, yeah. and he could." His his career was cru- I have to point out was cruelly ended by Martin Buchan of Manchester United with a dirty, dirty tackle, which nowadays, you know, would have been a straight red, and he never played. He, he came tried to play after that, but because I mean, I'm from an obviously different era to you guys, but were there a lot of these then that? 
career ending yeah. or they're just a lot more uh, or yeah, am yeah. i just really naive and or they, did, well, they didn't make the press because yeah, the media the wasn't everything go for the standing leg and the knee you know on the knee and oh just left them tackles you know disgusting so i mean you've mentioned three so far straight away on the right, pod right. in the last hour <laughs> But, yeah, but Mike, do, do you do you think in um I know man, you can't talk for these players, but do you think they're going to end their careers or just going to hurt them more or less? Because I mean, to, oh, I think they're going to, to hurt. Yeah, yeah I think for me to to, to to think that someone would literally to go out there to say, right, I'm going to end his career. I mean, it's a little bit like beyond beyond. I, I don't it? think. I, 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 no, I don't think. I don't think you'd like to think not anyway. Yeah, it had to be but, personal. There had to be real personal vendettas. I'd have thought. Yeah, yeah. But there was no thought of oh, I could end his career because <laughs> right. like bang, you know. I mean, you see some uh, footage now, don't you, of old tackles, and you think, oh my god. And you know, and and you get people going, oh, it's not a contact sport anymore. But I think I think it's for the better that you know all that's been you know tackling from behind. If you remember, you remember tackling from behind. They only outlawed it. But I mean, oh my God! You'd see players go straight through the back of people. Yeah. You know, you, you, you'll probably remember them. The the was it the charity shield Leeds Liverpool. Yeah. Keegan, <sighs> well, Leeds were the worst. What, what about there was the other one, the, the cup final replay between Chelsea and Leeds at Old Trafford. Oh, yeah. Chopper. Um, brutal. Yes. Leeds were a very dirty team. Yeah. Um, so we're going to move right. on to up front. Well, how are you going to how are you going to run this? Right. Well, centre forward. I've I've got to have the little Argentinian. Have to, have to. I mean, if only for that Carlos. goal. No, Which, no Sergio Aguero. Sergio, okay. Sergio, okay. He's, he's, he's not going to record. put the traitor in there. Record. <laughs> I, I loved Carlos Tevez, but I was actually on. So I was. For a time, I used to do the away trips when when they, when we first got into Europe on the Mancini, uh, and I was in the Alliance, and I tr- and they used to put uh, planes on from Manchester, but it was Thomas Cook. But the front half of the, the plane was the team, and we were sat in the back end of the team. I was like, I'm in dreamland here, you know what I mean? <laughs> so the game goes on. Carlos Tevez. We're never sure what kind of happened because Mancini was a bit mad as well. But I don't know if you remember at Munich, he refused to come on. He had him warming up and refused to come on. And then they were they're almost coming to blows. So we're all like, shit, oh, this is terrible. You know, what what has actually happened? We're looking on our phones, people are going, he's refused to come on. And we get on the plane and I'm walking, we're walking down and Mancini's at the front and his head's gone. And then about four or five rows back, Carlos is on his phone like that. No, 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 no problem. No problem. <laughs> we heard it as we're walking past. We're like, fuck it, flipping it. It's going to go off on this plane, you know what I mean? Um, and and um, then he refused to play, but, you know, we loved him. He came back. I remember got an Norwich away. Uh, he came back and uh, said he was sorry, came back. And um, they said, oh, he's been playing golf. He scored four goals that in the first half in that game. And each one, he did a golf swing for his... Uh, <laughs> He was just a little rebel. He was, you know, what you got to remember about blokes like uh, Tevez is they're from um, the barrios, they're from the, yeah. the ghettos, the flavellas, yeah. you know. You can't expect him to be, you know, he was a Well, his career player. only kicked off because 
all that third party weird third party ownership with West Ham. Like a massive scar around here where he'd been burnt as a kid. Yeah. You know? But anyway, going back to yeah. Yes. I mean, so you've gone Sergio. I mean, he, he is a great striker. I've seen at City. Well, he, he is a great striker with a red at City because he's he scored more goals than anyone we've ever had, you know. And crucial goals and great goals all time. I mean, I remember him, his debut, he came on a sub against um, Swansea. And within five minutes, he's hit a 30-yarder into the bottom corner, you know, and then and then he gets his second. You're like, and it just carried on. Wherever he played, he just, he just always scored. Did you yeah. have high hopes when he signed from Atleti? Was he signed from? Yeah, Atleti. I mean, he was a, he was a prolific goal scorer there. Mm. So you know, yeah, but you, I didn't know. I thought, oh, it's quite interesting. And he, and he was it was only I say only, but it was only twenty five million, twenty six million. It wasn't you know people were going forty fifty at that time, and uh, so it wasn't a big deal. And you know, he stayed. He said, "I'm going to stay ten years," and he stayed ten years and. He broke all the records and he's a legend, you know, and he's got a statue as well. And the only way you it's him is because he's waving his shirt over his head. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, yes. Awesome. So Sergio, um, next to Sergio or either side of Sergio, I suppose. Right. This is very difficult now, really. I mean, this is the part that I have to go with one of my all-time heroes who still works at the club, who uh, will forever tell you about his... His, his role in the film Escape to Victory, but with uh, Sylvester Stallone and all them. But, but for me, he scored the winning goal in the 1969 FA Cup final. And he was part of that swinging 60s when we bought him and best mates with George Best. And he's just one, a fantastic winger. Uh, do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, his son played as well, didn't he? His son yeah. played. Yeah. Nicky yeah. played for yeah. the City. He never quite. Uh, got on Nicky because his dad was so such a legend, you know. And he's he, he, he City's uh, what do they call that now? Club ambassador. Okay, so, that's great. Uh, you know, he's always on the trips. He's always there, and he's a fantastic bloke. So funny, but he he goes on about that film all the time. Or <laughs> well, oh. like Pele, sliced alone, Pele, yeah. Hey. Sliced alone, Pele. Who else? I can't remember. This is I'm watching. Uh, Bobby Moore. Yeah. Russell uh, Osman was in there as well. Russell, Russell Osman. Osman. Uh, Who was the most Moore? random footballer in that film? John Walk was in it as well. John Walk. <laughs> yeah. That's quite random. And there was a couple of other. Fil- oh, Michael Caine was in it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, he's always. We always. We always sit there and go. Uh, hey, Mike. Were you in Escape to Victory? That film, you know, it, it just is so funny. He goes on about it. He has a, they have a reunion every now and again. He goes and has dinner with Sylvester. Does Stallone. he organise it? Of course. Because <laughs> <laughs> when, I, I mean, he, he was George Beth's best mate. I mean, they they had that boutique together all yeah. the Saturday and all that. He was so, I've got a picture of him in a, I think it's a Saab or something. And he's got a record player in the front. You know, he, he was dead, dead hip and modern and all that. And I, I always go, the only bloke I've ever known who can have a record player in the front of your car in on Manchester streets when your car's bumping up and down like that. I said, it's got to be for show. So neither bumping down. Was he? You know nothing. You know. Did, was he? Was he? Was he? Was he trying to get like George Best knockdowns, like the ones Georgie was like not really. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he, 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 to be fair to him, he tried to keep George on the, you know, 
on the straight and narrow a bit more, but he always failed with that. And that must have been quite strange, obviously, being City and United, them two being as close as what they yeah. were. Well, you know, it wasn't as vitriolic as it is nowadays because, you know, City fans were from Manchester and United fans were right. from Manchester in those days. So you were all mates anyway, you know. So it was good, a lot better natured, but nowadays you just get all these idiots from like all over the country and a lot of the United troublemakers, you know, I've been in there where you are like, oh. They're from, they're from Ilford and... Seven accents and all yeah. that, you know what I mean? Different Guildford, uh, Guildford, Ilford. He was a great player, Mike Summerby, hard as nails, hard yeah. as nails. But um, I remember, and he had a great sense of humour. And, you know, he, he's got a right ooter on him. I remember being at Everton and they're all singing, your nose he's offside and all those to him. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he was like, no, oh, you know, he'd always have a bat. And Stretford then loved him because he'd always have a banter with them, you know. Uh, yeah, he was superb. Um, where do you where did you sit back in the day? Um, or were you tra- in at Main Road? Oh, it's, yeah. Were you in the um, Kipex or? Yeah, yeah. Was yeah. that was that where you where you were taken to as a kid? Let's put it this way, Mike. You know, uh, for a financial, period, I, I have to have a limited company from a DJ and I'm a musical work, and it's it's called Kipex Boy Limited. I've had people at the bank go, "What is Kipex Boy?" Yeah. I love it. Brilliant, brilliant. That was the um, that was the that was the end with all the all the fun and games, wasn't it? From what it I got right along the side, in fact, yeah, that was like the massive, massive terrace, you know. Yeah, the one you see from miles off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was great. It was great. Loved it. Excellent, excellent. So we've got Summerby. Who's the other side of yeah. Sergio? Oh. Well, I had a lot of. Um, Another one that was really hard, Neil Young was an amazing servant, amazing player for City, really underrated. Uh, you know, and we've obviously had great forwards, you know, since that in the modern era. But uh, I've got to go for the future. Um, and the most, ex- probably, yeah, I'd say the most exciting players to ever come out of our academy. And um, I Bowden? think... Eh? Bowden? Yeah. I think it'll be a future world superstar, to be honest, because I think England will, you know, the national team will, you know, seem to have some good players coming through if they get... Uh, they don't know how to use them. That's I was just going to say, if they get a decent coach, nothing, no disrespect to Southgate, but I don't think he's quite on that world scale, you know what I mean? If you've well, got unfortunately, someone... I, th- I think the man who could do it is probably just signed for Chelsea. Yeah, I do, yeah, yeah. He, so I, uh, I, I, uh, Graham Potter. Potter's going to Chelsea. Oh, he going to Chelsea. I mean, again, yeah, uh, Guardiola and studies all those managers, doesn't he, Potter? Uh, yes. I, I, I think, uh, I, yeah. I mean, what would he do though if if England came calling? He'll be sat by Chelsea by that stage. Yeah. Would it? Would he leave Chelsea? Yeah. Who knows? But I think Phil Foden there now. No, Franny Lee. No. Franny was uh, obviously like Neil Young was another one that I would have really loved to have in there. Uh, my my favourite thing about Franny was that he, he scored more penalties than anyone else in a single season. They call him Lee One Pen, you know, because underneath where they scored it, it had Lee One Pen. And uh, <laughs> you got a Chinese name, Franny, Lee One Pen. Um, now, uh, look, yeah, if you'd have had, if I'd have had, the, the room to put Franny in, he would have been in. 
Well, I feel excites you as a City fan. We were talking earlier about one of their own. Phil excites you. I think you. Phil a much better all-round player than Francis Lee. I think yeah. he's got everything folded. Everything. So yeah. before we get on to Miles' final few questions, um, just I want to ask in terms of going back to that, because you spoke, you're definitely two eras. Which player from the current era do you think would help make that team even better from the from that kind of, uh, I suppose, the, the Mercer-Allison era? Which player to go into that? Yeah, so if you could take somebody from the modern day, who, which one player would you transport back? And then fl- I suppose you could flip that the other way. Well, if I'm doing it going back in time, either Yaya or De Bruyne. Yep. Or Fogden. Would, or would add, would add a lot to that team. Because De Bruyne and uh, Yaya are at the heart of it, I, I would say one of those two. Yeah. And the flip the other way? Colin Bell. Bell. Colin Bell. Yeah. 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 I think he's the, the only player who actually could play in the modern Okay. Interesting. Marvin, over to you. Right. Yeah. So um, Andrew mentioned some of the stuff earlier when I, and I personally remember you mainly for the M people, but what is it you're doing now? Okay. Mainly for those who are not sure or just know about the M people stuff and that stuff. What, what, what's your sort of well, business now? now? I, work, I, work, I work for uh, Columbia Records. So I signed, uh, discovered uh, Calvin Harris and, and Kasabian and, Ting Tings from a few years back and, and various other acts and I and I work with them and help develop their careers and make records with them and so I do that I still DJ occasionally but I don't like the late nights anymore <laughs> unless uh, it's in Seville yeah I was yeah, thinking, right well no I, was I, I did say. actually I did actually DJ for City a couple of times it was a bit of a dream come true and I, uh, they did a pre-season tour of uh of America, and I DJed on the top of a uh, what do you call it, a skyscraper in Times Square with Africa Bambata with a big <laughs> blue moon projected behind me. And all the player, Mike, Mike Summerby was me and Mike were out till four or five in the morning, um, which was incredible. I was like, We got one of them, you know, all strong carts. Uh, I don't know what you call them, you know, that you see in Central Square. And I was like, I'm going up Sixth Avenue with my footballing idol in a pony and trap. I couldn't believe it. So uh, I did that. I do the odds. So on, on the odds occasion, I'll do something with City. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's just those two things really at the moment. Uh, similar to and similar to Rob, I'm guessing that it's like the City fixtures come out and then you sort your work out around, <laughs> around yeah, that. Totally. Totally. I mean, this time of the year is magical for us because uh, these um, European trips, I mean, you know, we waited a long time. So I'm really going to enjoy them. So we go the afternoon before, have a night out. There's about, you know, quite a few of us go. And City are great. We stay, you know, we don't stay in the same hotel. We used to stay in the same hotel as the players, but since COVID, they, they bubble, they go in a bubble somewhere else. So, right. uh, but with like, you know, staff and people involved in city, uh, and you know, we know so many supporters that we go out in the town the night before. And I mean, Seville was very beautiful. Uh, I've been all over with them now, been everywhere, got Copenhagen next, then Dortmund. So this time of the year is brilliant. You know, uh, unfortunately this year it's got to be interrupted. I'm not very happy about it. I know you're, not, you're not going to Qatar? No, I don't follow the national team. I just find it very uncomfortable. 
I don't like the people who follow them. Each to their own. Each to their own. Um, lovely. Well, I want to say on behalf of... I'm a club of- man. I'm a club. I'm a city. You're you know, yeah. we're, all, we're all half Irish in Manchester anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, excellent. Are you going to Qatar? Sorry? Are you going to Qatar? <sighs> no. Marvin? No, we we got we got a big screen at the 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 complex where we are where we go, and so we're gonna have like a World Cup. Um, because obviously England are against are playing in the same group as US, and so I'm up against it here. (laughs) That'll be fun. That'll be fun, Marvin. Uh, How? What's the US team like at the moment? Um, I mean, it's it's got it's getting better. Let's say, Mike, it's getting better. They're getting better results, and they've got a coach who is trying. I can see play now more of a, a European way sort of thing. So I think they're going to go, I, I listen, English, because I'm an English fan, but they, they could cause more problems than I think Gareth Southgate might think, I think, in that game. Well, it, my opinion. It's, well, he's too conservative, isn't he? So if he gets on top, that's his problem, I think. Yeah. No, it is. But um, well, I want to say on behalf of myself and Marv, thank you yes, so thank much you. for your time. Um, oh, it was lovely speaking it. to you and hearing yeah. all about Man City um, and the history. It's fantastic. So thank you so much. And that was Mike Pickering's My Best Eleven. <laughs>